Episode of the Mashes Buttons Mashcast. I am Jarrett. I'm here with the Scourge of Ogremar and the Games Industry Public Defender. Actually, I'm sorry, the Scourge of Iron Forge and the you, Games Industry Public Defender, Nick Zellenkevich. No, I'm, I'm going to say Ogremar makes more sense since uh, that's that's the current raid tier. Um, and I don't really do anything in Iron Forge for them to be worried about me. I I, I had some uh, some achievements to go there for. I did them a few years ago, and uh, I have no need to go back. So, yeah, for uh, at least until the uh, expansion hits, yeah, you can say I'm the Scourge of Orgrimmar. That works. Thanks for getting really technical about that, Nick. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is uh, Mash, well, Mash Cast number 126. We are recording this on a Sunday. I know we said we would be back on schedule last week. That wasn't possible. Uh, so this week we will definitely be back on schedule, but I shouldn't make any promises at this I f- point. I feel like Vegas should open lines on how often we'll actually come through on what we say we're going to do. We do it eventually, like Blizzard. <laughs> yeah, don't talk to me about Blizzard. <laughs> okay, so uh, quite a few things. Well, not quite a few things. We've got a couple of things to talk about. Uh, there was a Hearthstone tournament that was going to be segregated by gender. Not anymore, but we're going to talk about that. Um, Peter Moore says that core gamers are uncomfortable with the industry's growth. Uh, League of Legends, or Riot Games, I should say, is saying that uh, League of Legends, they're disabling the uh, public chat rooms for League of Legends. We'll talk about that. And uh, the guys who made Orcs Must Die are saying that toxic players are necessary. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, but let's start off with Battlefield Hardline and some beta revisions. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I believe I talked about Battlefield Hardline. Not in detail, but enough to let you know that it wasn't worth the pre-order. Because I think that's what you have to do um, if you didn't get invited to the beta. Now you have to pre-order it. So I saw this headline. I'm like, oh, great. They're making some changes. Maybe they'll do something that makes the game playable. You know, it makes it it better in general. And, uh, no, that's not what really happened. Let's let's go down the list. There are ten bullet points, and I'll just read them off, and then I'll talk about it. Uh, so the first thing is uh, movement. Uh, there was a lot of feedback about slow movement speed going sluggish, so they've increased that by 10%, and players will get a 10%, uh, plus 10% bonus for running with your pistol out, and it feels much faster. Uh, they should say thank you to Counter-Strike for that. Uh, suppression. There's a lot of negative elements. I'm sorry, negative comments about the camera bounce when suppressed. We've changed the way suppression works. Your aim point is no longer affected, but your situational awareness is. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm circle around back to that. <laughs> Survivalist. We've heard both sides of the argument on the survivalist gadget. It's pretty polarizing. Some of you hate it. Some of you love it. Either way, we agree. It's it was overpowered. We've changed it to revive you at one health and auto-inject after five seconds. High-tension crane camera shake. <sighs> a number of people called out the camera shake from this event as being too over the top. We're tuning it down. High-tension stairs and high-tension bug stairs and high-tension should no longer pull players into the wall. Well, that's good. Uh, elevated uh, objectives. We've added some feedback to help you find objective. When it's above below you, that was definitely needed. Because the first time I went to go find um, the armored truck I was supposed to throw the cash in, I was like, where the fuck is it? Like, like, I was on the right floor of this garage, 
and I didn't notice that I had to go downstairs. So you were, on, huh? so you were you were not on the right floor then. No, I was on the I was on it, according to the map marker, I was in the right place. Yeah. But the truck was directly below me. Yeah, so you were you yeah, you were in the right spot but just the wrong floor. You had to go down like a flight. Right, exactly. Yeah. Special vehicles were working on adding more uh, special drivable vehicles like the fuel truck into all maps. We're also working on a handbrake for cars. Stuck vehicles. We're working on the ability to nudge vehicles with a melee <laughs> attack to help get them unstuck or be able to move past them. No promises, but the early prototypes look promising. Talk about breaking the <laughs> breaking the reality <laughs> barrier there. I'm going to melee my way past this car. That sounds fun. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm stuck in mud. Let me just hit my car with a baseball bat to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy vehicle damage. We've added weak spots into the rear of the heavily armored vehicles, making it much easier to bring them down. But they're heavily armored vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> they're heavily armored vehicles. Why would you do that? Because blowing shit up is fun. That's the point. The point is that they're heavily armored. Fuck. Never mind. We'll go past it. <laughs> Vehicle occupant list. We're working on adding the bag carrier icon to the list of teammates inside your vehicle so that you can tell when the bag carrier gets in your vehicle. Okay. Let's go to suppression. <laughs> because... That kind of pissed me off. Um, Suppression. (sighs) The game I thought did it the best was Red Orchestra 2. They did suppression so well. Like, when you're being suppressed, you're not supposed to be able to just fight through it and then still aim and fire. Which is basically what's happening here. It looks like your aim point is still in the right direction. But your situational awareness, or I guess the vision around you, probably, I mean, it starts to, like, get wacky when somebody's shooting at you. And make it, it's supposed to make it harder for you to shoot. But the thing about suppression, even in Red Orchestra 2, not only did your, your vision get really blurred, but your aiming was off at that point, too. And that's the way it should be. It's the whole point of suppression, you know, being suppressed. And that's supposed to, you know, it's a, this is supposed to be a team-based game. So if you're being suppressed, you're supposed to tell your teammate, hey, this guy's suppressing me, and your teammate's supposed to help you get out of that. Uh, now you can kind of just be like, you know, if you get used to it enough, you know, if you get used to it enough, you'll just, you know, fuck it, and then shoot the guy in the face. Like, it really doesn't matter. You know, but that was the whole point of suppression, so, like, them toning that down is kind of weak. But it's not like, uh, it's not like it. The game was that great anyway <laughs> at this point because they really didn't address the main issue of making the game a team-based game. Like, the game is still a fucking circus when you go in there. It really is. It's like one of those old fire, like, fireman skit with the clowns and the burning building. That's what, you know what I'm talking about, Nick? Yeah. That's what it feels like, <laughs> you know, with the with the piano playing in the background. Yeah. and Yeah, that that's what it feels like because there's just, Shit happening everywhere. Cars driving all over the place, helicopters crashing, cranes going down. Well, how, fuck. How big are the maps again? Is it, uh, or not the maps, is it, is it, is it 64 on 64? Is it 32 on 32? Uh, the max size eventually will be 32 on 32. Okay. Which, what, when they actually, how, how big are the beta, is the beta then? What are they currently doing in there? I'm not sure. I don't know what the max size is. I think the max size I played with was like 10 on 10, maybe... No, no, it had to be more than that. 
I think it was like 16 on 16. Okay, because so you're saying 16 on 16, and already it just felt chaotic. Like yeah. you're just you're just running in, and everybody's kind of like. So, I guess as far as that that goes, then like each player has too much of their own ability to affect the environment by themselves. So that one, you don't need to work together, but two, like if everybody's just blowing shit up, then like, well, first off, everybody got a car. It was like being on Oprah. You get a police car. <laughs> you get a police car. You get a police car. Like everybody had a car. Nice. So when you get to the place where the money actually was in this particular level, there was just a shit ton of cars there because everybody had a car. Did you play GTA Online? Because that's what I'd imagine that would play like. GTA Online felt more organized than this. (laughs) But then again, GTA Online, everybody's criminals. That's true. That's true. Well, shouldn't shouldn't it be like for the cops, like, one cop drives and the other's their partner, right? Like they only every other cop gets a car. You would think so, but like every time I spawned, there was a brand new car waiting there for me. I didn't have, you know, I had no start key. <laughs> you know, I just get in the car and drive to where I needed to be. That was it, you know. And I don't even know where they got the helicopter from. Thank God, there's only one of those. But the thing is, like the helicopter is like. Where are the criminals getting the helicopter from? And why are there 16 of them? <laughs> like that, that, this is the problem with the game. When I first saw the game, and they're saying it's cops versus robbers, there's always more cops than there are robbers. That's, that's kind of the deal. Yeah. You, know, you like, know what I'm saying? Like, you would think at least, like, the, you know, that maybe, like, the robbers don't respawn like the cops do. Like, because the cops theoretically can just keep throwing more and more cops at you. And the robbers, like, that's all they have. Yes, exactly. Small team of highly, highly, either highly trained or highly resourced people. That's how it works. Did they not see heat? <laughs> <laughs> you know, come on. But that's, that is the problem. There should not be an equal number of cops and robbers because if that's the case, if there's an equal number, the robbers are going to win because they're going to do some pretty unscrupulous shit. They'll take hostages. They'll kill hostages. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) But if the the hostages are virtual, if the the cops and robbers are all virtual, then, like, does it matter if the cops are unscrupulous as well? Why can't the cops take hostages? Because they wouldn't be cops then. (laughs) There's cancels out. I'll I'll say it again. EA wanted to keep the Battlefield branding going, and they don't want to go back into the future. So they just they they needed to find a reason to put this into 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 cities, like to bring Battlefield into a city. And it's stupid. Battlefield works in war zones because both sides are armies; they're equally you know equipped, and and that's why it works. Like it, it works that way, but. It shouldn't work that way with the cops versus robbers. So let's 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 say for a minute you can sort of drop the pretense of law enforcement versus criminals. And as far as like two equally equally armed factions that are facing off against each other in an urban setting, even though you said it's a circus, if you just ignore the the uniforms that each side is wearing, can the game be fun to play in that regard? No, because of how the objectives work. And how is that? Okay, so there, like the the one game type, I can't remember the name, but you have there's like a someone's 
money, a bunch of money dropped somewhere, okay? And the criminals want to grab the cash and take it with them. But the cops want to make sure the criminals don't get the cash and they'll grab the cash and take it with them. You know what I'm saying? What would happen in real life is the cops would secure the area, keep the criminals out of there, and eventually move the cash back once it was all secured. It's up to the criminals to actually grab. It should be up to the criminals to actually grab the cash and move it. But no, what happens is, usually your commanding officer gives you a duffel bag, says stuff as much money as then you can, and run it back to the armored vehicle. Oh, this and, is the, this, that's for the cops. That's for the cops. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> is your commanding officer on the take? <laughs> But basically, that's what happens because all the, the cops and the criminals do the same thing. You go up to this thing, you hold the button down, you fill up the bags with cash, and then you each each side runs to their armored vehicle and fills up the with cash. And what happens is the winner is the one that has the most cash. No, <laughs> if the criminals have cash, the cops just lost. It was like, well, we got most of it. No, you lost because the criminals got a dollar. I remember when we watched the trailer for this and there were like cranes exploding and falling and buildings being destroyed. Um, and we commented then about a complete lack of realism and that, you know, for whatever cash amount that was being stolen in this case, like clearly it was going to be dwarfed by the sheer amount of property damage that was occurring. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Given that realism is clearly not a factor in how they're developing this game, like, can the game be enjoyed if you're just like, okay, so I'm a cop. This is my. I'm just gonna throw money in a duffel bag. I don't think so because I mean, like, that's a, the Battlefield works. I mean, since Battlefield 1942, Battlefield has been about taking control points and keeping them. And your ticket numbers, and keeping your ticket numbers high, well, not to keep your ticket numbers high, but, you know, getting the other side's ticket numbers down to zero by having all the control points. Or, you know, as the game progressed, you'd have the one side pushing, you know, forward to get all the control points, and the one side defending, which that works as well. In Battlefield. But no, not this, not one where you have to go collect stuff, and then whoever collects the most wins. Because even in a regular Battlefield game, that would be stupid. Oh, there's a bun. There's an ammo cache in the middle of the map. <laughs> Who's gonna get the most ammo? Which army is gonna get the most ammo? No, like this. No, it. it, it if it, if it conformed to regular to to uh, regular Battlefield, you know, game like gameplay. Okay, you know, we 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 could cut. It would be fun to play at least. But the fact that, you know, you have this control point in the middle where it's a snatch and grab, it's cars everywhere, nobody's working together. Because at least with the control points, whether you're trying to take certain control points or pushing forward and somebody's, put, you know, uh, defending or pushing back, um, at least that forces you to play together. Because you can clearly say, look, everybody, or look, guys, we need to take this control point here. Or we need to take this control point there. And you can get a group of people and you will take that. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, you you know, you know, see your, your uh, partner, well, not a partner, but like one of your teammates fighting there or kind of waiting to, you know, waiting to see if they can do something there. And you join them. Here, like, you know, I'll be like, you know, shooting at two or, or three criminals, right? And somebody on my team will just run past me, run up to the cash thing, and pull cash, and then bounce. 
<laughs> like, you're not going to help me kill these guys? <laughs> like, no. No, I'm sorry. Like, it just it doesn't work the way it is. Like, they need something to force people to play together. And that's the problem. Would There's the, no reason. Would the game function better if it wasn't called Battlefield, if it was just called Hardline? It wouldn't function better, no. <laughs> they like, wouldn't. They need to rework the game. They should get. They should give the guys who made Payday that money. <laughs> what if they just rebranded it as like Payday Hardline? No, it still doesn't function better <laughs> because it's too much Battlefield inside of it. That's the problem. There's too much Battlefield inside of it for it to function well. They the game needs to be reworked. It does. I'm sorry. The game needs to be reworked. And I I don't think they're gonna do it. Well, well, I mean, outside of the revisions that they've given here, um, yeah, I think it sounds like for the type of changes that you're asking for, it's well outside of their development schedule. Oh, absolutely. Like, There's no way the game is changing at this point. I think the game's going to come out. I think it's going to fall flat on its face. And then we'll never see Heartline again. Is it? Maybe. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Well, is it possible that it'll just be so plagued with uh, server issues anyway, nobody will actually be able to play it to know how bad it is? Yeah, doesn't care about that. <laughs> like, well, we'll learn next time. <laughs> and then they don't learn. So, I don't know. But yeah, none of the changes that they mentioned are are going to are going to really help, in my opinion. Like, I'm not, I'm not buying that game. I'm not buying it. That's the way it is. And I know a lot of people who feel that way. I posted about it on Facebook. I got way more uh, feedback about that than I thought. But a bunch of people were like, yeah. And they started telling me about their experiences. You know. Were there any positive? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. That's a, so. that, that's a shame. Is it, Nick? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Okay, yeah, let's move on to our next topic. Let's talk about the, the gender-divided esports competition, uh, which is was Hearthstone specifically. Um, so there was this uh, tournament that was going to go down in, what was it, Sweden? Fin- or Finland. Finnish? It was Finland. Finland. A Finnish Hearthstone tournament that pretty much banned women from playing in the tournament. It was going to be a male-only tournament. This was for Hearthstone. And... Uh, you know, when they were confronted about this, they said it's a, it's in accordance with the uh, IESF, which is the was the International Esports Federation. Feder- that is correct. Federation. Okay. Federation. You know, be, just quick side note: the word I can't take anything seriously that has federation in it because <laughs> of WWF. <laughs> that is the truth. Because of WWF, if your organization has federation in it, I chuckle. But they're not even a federation anymore. They're not, but still. So you saying. actually take them more seriously now than you take the IESF. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so anything with federation, I, I just don't. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't take seriously. I'm sorry. But uh, you know, the the IESF. It was this this tournament was going to be an IESF qualifier for Hearthstone and the IESF, um, male and female tournaments are separated so you know all of the qualifiers they also have to be separated and that's what happened here it was a big kick up 
about, you know, gender equality, sexism, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they say that, you know, the male and females don't need to be separated in esports because there's not, there's no physical difference, which is why, you know, sports and, and sports is different. Like, you know, even like it's good. I mean, a WNBA player could be, could beat the crap out of me in basketball. But if you put them up against like regular NBA players, just in size alone, you're going to have, there's going to be major issues there. Um. So, but yeah, there's none of that in esports, and if you do segregate it, it looks like you're saying that women, like, you know, from a mental capacity or, I guess, just cognitive ability, women can't keep up with the men, and a lot of people are going that way. Um, and while I, I can I can see that point of view, I don't think they're looking at the entire picture. Uh, the whole, like, there, first of all, there are tons of female-only tournaments, especially in the StarCraft II community, like, going all over the place. The big tournaments don't necessarily have that, though. The, the very large tournaments don't have that, the ones that you actually see most of the time on Twitch and stuff like that. But even the uh, Evo one year, a couple years back, had a female-only tournament. They didn't stop the females from entering the main tournament, but they did have a female-only tournament. Uh, and nobody's saying anything about that. Well, you know? that's, that's the resolution here. Um, is that they've said that the, there's no male only tournament. There's a the tournament. The main tournament is open to both genders, but there is still a female only tournament going on alongside that. And that seems sort of be the prescribed way going forward is to have a female only tournament and then an open to all tournament. Right. That's what they're doing now. Yes. Yeah. But nobody saw that. That's the thing. Like, oh, okay. Now the females can participate in the main the main tournament. It doesn't make a difference. But nobody's still nobody's talking about those female only tournaments. I'm not going to make a big stink about it because I know why they have female-only tournaments, which was my point in the first place. The whole reason why, you know, there's been a lot of segregation between genders in esports is because whether you like it or not, esports is male-dominated, very, very male-dominated. And the reason they have these separate tournaments for females is to get more females involved. The logic is that is that more females will get involved. Or will at least try to play competitively uh, when there's only when there's other females involved, versus you know having to go against their male counterparts, which they may not want to go against them for you know you know fear of sexism, for maybe you know not feeling that they're up to par with those skills, but maybe they can play against other girls. That's why they have those 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 female tournaments, the female only tournaments, so that they can try to promote. Uh, females in esports. That's why I wasn't making a big hoopla about it. Now, when I heard the announcement, I said, "Oh boy, like here it comes!" Like, cause there, there it was. Like, I, I knew it was gonna be a problem, but I don't think a lot. You know, from playing in the competitive scene, I don't think a lot. You know, I, I understand it. I just don't think a lot of people understand that point of view. Like, you know, I know Ben Kuchera wrote an article about it, but what the fuck does he know about esports? Well. I don't think they're entirely looking at it from the esports perspective. Um, one of the reasons why the uh, one of the reasons why that they had they tried to do the d the delineation between genders as it was is that the IESF is looking to get esports as an you know get that added to the Olympics, which I don't completely understand. I mean, I get that on some level that's a, a part you know that, that's recognition, um, but the problem is that the Olympics you know everything for them is separated into genders. That's just how the Olympics work because again they're predominantly you know physical you know games yeah. where there there is you know there is a physical difference there. Um, 
but the problem the problem is that you know on on the one hand you have some people who are very hardcore you know trying to get esports into the olympics and therefore everything needs to be segregated by by gender roles which is how traditional sports work and then the other problem is that hearthstone is very much a beloved game amongst a, a large group of people and i i think more so than than starcraft i feel like there are a lot of women that play hearthstone and i think one of the one of the one of the things is that I mean Blizzard went Blizzard went to to great lengths to make Hearthstone very accessible. Um, it's a it's a fairly you know simple game to learn. Um, most importantly, they've completely eliminated or greatly reduced any ability to communicate between two players. When you get into a Hearthstone match, all you can do is make certain emotes from your character that basically say like, you know, well played, thank you, um, you know, uh, you know, greetings. Um, no, you know, that's it. There's no, no chat between people. Um, there's no room for any sort of, you know, toxic behavior. Um, and so what's happened is that a lot of people that, you know, sort of champion this game, they, they, they hold it to a standard to be like, look, like, you know, cause I mean, everybody kind of compares it to, to league of legends as far as, you know, there's a game where there's a lot of, you know, toxic behavior in there, as far as, you know, people talking shit about each other. And, and, you know, there's been issues which we'll get into regarding league of legends with that. Um, but, you know, because Blizzard sort of conquered that, the game is very accessible. It's very open. You know, it's open to all. And I think a lot of people kind of held that up as almost like a golden goose to a degree that, that for them to suddenly see it under attack that like, no, no, this is a very inclusive game. It's intended to be that way. And now somebody's imposing their, you know, misogynistic framework on top of that. And that's why they got all riled up. And that's why this drew a lot of attention. Um, and fundamentally, I mean, you know, for Hearthstone, you know, I, I mean, there's been plenty of tournaments before. I don't, I don't think any of the major tournaments have, have been exclusionary to that degree. Although I also don't recall having seen any female players in any of those major tournaments. Um, that's not to say that they didn't enter, just that, you know, all the tournaments that I seem to recall were dominated by males. Um, but that's, that's neither here nor there to a degree. Um, it's just that everybody, I think a lot of people, you know, looked at Hearthstone as like, this is how esports and, and gaming should be it's a game where you know you have you don't you have no idea about the other person's gender you have no idea about anything about the other person all you know is their battle tag name and then you just see what cards they play and then maybe you can fi guess whether or not they're an asshole by how they use their emotes um but outside of that it's a it's an incredibly level playing field um and so you know, to see to see it, you know, to, for a lot of people to see it misused in this way, that's what upset everybody. And even Blizzard came out and said, like, we don't want our game to be, you know, exclude. You know, our game wasn't intended to exclude anybody. Um, you know, and, and Blizzard actually contacted the IESF to kind of get all this straightened out. Yeah, but that's I, I think <laughs> I guess that that's from the mindset that this is the the, the logic behind this was completely sexist, and it's not. I, it really isn't. Well, it it is in so far as if you you know, it is in so far as the Olympic standards are sexist. Which I mean, again, it makes sense if you're trying to evaluate sports. You know, like you know, like you know, you know, we're, again, there's a physical difference. But once you try to apply that to esports, it does change a little bit. The problem there fundamentally is I don't think that you should. I don't you know that you esports. Why are you trying to get esports into the Olympics? Like I understand sort of the legitimacy that comes with that, but this is this is an entirely different beast. It needs its own, you know, separate organization, its own separate way of approaching it. And to try and shoehorn it into the old model, like there's there's a big divide there. Nobody's getting a gold medal in StarCraft anytime soon. Like it's just not <laughs>
Yeah, well, maybe maybe that's that's part of the problem. I said like, but the bigger thing about having the female, those female only tournaments are is that it will help promote getting more females involved in esports. Which they, I mean, there's a few, but like usually they, you can usually call them by name. Like in StarCraft, everybody knows who Scarlet is because like she uh, made it pretty far last year uh, in the finals. So I mean, yeah, like that's that's the thing. I mean, like it's. I just think people are getting bent out of shape, and you know, everybody is very quick to to sound the sexism horn when they really don't have to. This was sexist, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's. I mean, it's. I don't know. It's like the IESF. Like, I, I get why they were doing it, but even then, like, it's it's not. It wasn't. I mean, they're they're applying they're they're separating the genders for no real reason. There's no reason for that, you know. And and it's one of those things too that again, because gaming is traditionally male dominated, like it looks worse to say like, okay, we're gonna have a males only tournament and then an everybody tournament as opposed to a females only tournament and then a and then a an, an everybody tournament. Isn't that sexist by itself? That is, but that's. Oh, but it's okay, Nick. That's what you're saying. Yes, because there, where you're, because there, you're trying to actually get the numbers to match. You know, you need to increase the participation of women, so it makes sense to sort of uh, to subsidize that. Whereas the other way is 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 oppressive. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we. <laughs> what are those guys called? The uh, male? The they're not. It's like the opposite of feminism. It's like the male side. I don't know what they're called. They should be called brovinists. <laughs> brovinists. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a movement out there for that. And obviously, Nick's not a part of it. No, I, I, I drink some of the Kool-Aid some of the time. Oh, okay. Gotcha, Nick. Uh, but yeah, um, that that's behind everybody now, and Hopefully this course correction will keep it from coming back up. You know, I'm just curious how many female Finnish players are actually going to prove to be affected by this. Good point. <laughs> I mean, I get, yeah, I get well, it. I'm you curious know, like, to see how many actually, you know, how many actually get into, like, you know, a sign up for the tournament. Well, if this was a qualifier for the bigger tournament, like, does that mean that the other tournaments have also been changed now i think yeah, so yeah. Like, they have to change the rules for all the tournaments yeah because i mean they're all iesf run so we'll see i don't know blizzard's got a well blizzard's doing their own tournament so presumably this is separate um but they've got a they, they've, they're going to do a tournament where the winner gets two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and there's a bunch of qualifiers for that and stuff so it'd be neat to see a woman win that because if not blizzard's sexist oh if a woman doesn't win blizzard's yes. sexist yes a woman <laughs> has to win that otherwise blizzard is sexist Oh, Nick, we can <laughs> talk. We can talk about this forever, but we're not. Let's talk about Peter Moore. Let's move on to our next topic, please. Uh, so Peter Moore says that core gamers are uncomfortable with the uh, with the industry with industry growth. Uh, he was speaking, and he was he's basically talking about pricing models and how you know core gamers are against the new you know free to play games as a service you know style you know. Uh, revenue streams that EA and several other uh, publishers are very, very, very interested in 
because it pulls in more money. And he's saying that core gamers just aren't, you know, they they're not they don't want to embrace change like and so they they're not comfortable with industry growth. It's like no, we're totally fine. <laughs> we're totally fine with the industry growing. We want the industry to grow. But when you completely change the game, like how you know, a lot of us were totally fine with buying a game for six fifty, sixty bucks, and then having said game, and that was it. And you know, if you want to have other payment models where you know some people play for free and then buy the game, you know, certain things in the game a la carte, or you know, certain people have games that are games as a service, that's fine. But when you try to change everything in one fell swoop, like at one time, that's a that's a huge issue because you're completely ignoring the core. I would I don't care about free to play. I don't mind free to play. But in a free to play game, I want an option where I can plunk down sixty bucks and get all of the available content. That's what I want from a free to play game. Did you Did you hear about the Transformers uh, with the the Transformers MMO that's coming out soon? Or it might be a MOBA. I forget what, what type it is. It's a Transformers game. Uh, it's free to play, but for $449, you can buy all the content. $449? Yes. No. Let me, let me see if I can find what game that is. That sounds horrible. <laughs> Who would do that? We have a friend that might, actually. <laughs> it's the Transformers Universe Founders Pack for $499. For $449, you get everything. No way. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, that's not reasonable at all. That's, well, that's hilarious because in the old model, there's no way that's even available. And I mean, I get it to the degree that it's free to play, so there are plenty of people who are going to just play that for free. I mean, I know Marvel Heroes, they had their $200 founders packs. Um, but at the same time, like I haven't paid anything for that game. I also haven't played it that significantly over the last several months. But... Uh, you know, I mean, so it, it's it, to a degree, I get that you kind of have to consolidate your revenue am, amongst the whales, but that's insane. A half, a, you know, nearly a half of a thousand dollars. Just yeah, just, for all. And what are you getting? Time? Like, for all, is, is this an MMO? Like, what is this? Uh, what is it? Transformers Universe. What is that? I know there was a Transformers MOBA they were talking about. It's a tactical action game. It's probably a MOBA. Yeah, I think so. Oh my god! I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's called Cyber Knight. The Cyber Knight pack. How much is that? Four hundred forty-nine dollars. Oh, that's that. Oh, okay, that's what it is. Okay. They give you a figurine. <laughs> uh. But dude, that's unbelievable! Like, but the, yeah, so talking about like you know. That's not reasonable. That is not reasonable for a founders pack. When you have founders pack, you look, you know, the secret world. It's what was like two hundred. That was another. That was two hundred dollars also. Two hundred dollars, yeah. but you got the it, you got the but game that, for free for life. Yeah, but not only that, but th that also was announced at the time that the game had a subscription. Yeah. So yeah. at that point, like, if you, yeah, I mean, you, you could do the math and say, like, okay, if I'm going to be paying fifteen dollars a month, if I'm going to play for, you know, whatever that breaks out to, you know, X number of months, yeah, then that actually might make sense. But you'd have to be confident that you're going to love the game enough to play it for that long. And it also, to a degree, was based off the assumption that they would charge you fifteen dollars a month for that long. That game did not have a subscription. It was maybe six months in they got rid of it. It did, yeah. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, and then admittedly, it's been replaced. You know, you still got other content to be a, an active subscriber, 
Um, but that game just hit two years, though. That That's going two years. They just had their anniversary. Yes, they did. Um, I still get the emails about all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the uh, the Secret World, that that's, I also, I'll call that more reasonable, but for, like, this, first of all, this game's going to be free to play. We already know this game's free to play, and it's going to be 450 bucks. Like, that's not the fucking future I want to deal with. You know what I'm saying? That's a future the, where the, the Decepticons win. <laughs> the the game like what people the core gamers hate about you know the way the industry's going or you know change the industry is that it's it's solely built just to suck more money out of you. We are literally getting less, more yeah less for more. Yeah, we, we that is literally happening. We are literally getting less for more. We're getting the same amount for more, and we're getting less for the same. Yes. So like yeah, it's. That that is the problem, Peter Moore, and that's why I don't like you. <laughs> I like you know the the like you know these the CEOs and these executives are so far from the, the the core gamer. They're so far from the core. It feels like the only company that's even that's anywhere near close to the core or close to gamers is Nintendo. That is they like they're the only ones who see me when Reggie steps on stage or Miyamoto steps on stage. I actually feel like okay, this guy knows about gaming. You know what I'm saying? This guy knows gamers. You know, and when he steps on a stage, I'm like, oh boy, how's he gonna let me hide my wallet? Because <laughs> how is he gonna try to? He's how's he gonna try to take my money now? And that's exactly what happens, and that's what people hate. People people hate the fact that you know the fact that you, what you're doing is giving us less for more money the the amusing thing too is that like he compared it to music sales like talking about how in the old day like it used to be that you'd buy a cd and you'd get that for you know for for 14 dollars you'd get all the songs and you know you really only wanted one or two and now it's like but now it's like you know after, after napster and all that like cd sales are destroyed like you can go to itunes you can just buy the songs you want nobody makes money off of song sales anymore like the whole model there changed and he's saying like video games are going through the same change but no it's it's, it's uh it was paul tassi over at forbes who made the argument like no that's that you've got it backwards and it's wrong it is 100%. So, I mean, I wish Peter Moore listened to this. So, one, he knows how much I dislike him. And two, he knows why. If I dislike you, you deserve to know why. I wish he listened to it. And he, well, he does. He, he did say, because they, I mean, uh, the games industry had a, had a long interview with him. Um, and, and this was a part of it. But he did say that he does follow the feedback. Like, you know, he was talking about how E3 has changed. And now he spent the first night after E3 combing Twitter for all the comments. And he said, you know, people, you know, like, you know, he, he was complaining because like half the people were complaining, like all they did was show conceptual stuff, which I think we kind of complained about a little bit. Yeah. But, um, you know, but he was like, if you, if you don't show them anything, you know, early, then it's like people complain about that. He's like, so like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But well, I mean, he should, he should, you know, take that different way. Like fifty percent of the people were unhappy. That is a large amount of people. Yeah, but I think, but I think they're unhappy because they want to see finished stuff. They want to see what's coming. Yeah, we don't want to see concepts. Like I mean, yeah. that's the thing. They had it so much shit that was kind of like, when is it coming? What's going on? It shows you they had nothing. They should have skipped the conference. Well, he even talks about how part of the problem is that before they used to put out, I think they were working on like 35 games at a time, and now it's like 10 to 11. 
and they you know because they, they they spend more time developing the games and then supporting them after release as opposed to just you know you make a game you pump it out you start working on the next game and so you know as far as that model having changed like then you know the end result is that uh yeah here um what is it he said uh yeah they've uh, yeah the company averages about 11 or 12 games a year and they used to allow they used to uh they had 67 uh, when more when more first joined EA. They had 67 games on console and PC that were either in full development, about to be launched, or had just been released. And since then, the company changed. Now they average about 10 or 11 or 12 games a year. So to that degree, like if you've got if you're putting out less content because you're developing it more, then you're going to have less to talk about it in E3, you know, pr presentation. But that kind of goes to the whole like. E3 presentations are becoming outdated. Like, right. if you're running out of shit to talk about, like, change the way you do it. So, right. I mean, you know, like, you know, and I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great that we got to see that stuff. I personally didn't mind, mind it. But, yeah, like, you know, like, I mean, fundamentally, I mean, E3 used to be for the for the game, you know, like GameStops and all the, the, the retailers. And it's completely not that anymore. So, you know. I mean, again, to go back to Nintendo, I thought their E3 presentation was was brilliant. But uh, I don't know, we're getting off topic. Um, I'm getting off topic at least. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no. So it's, I mean, he's not wrong insofar as like the models changing, but it's just it's it's weak for him to be like, oh, well, gamers just don't understand. Like, no, we understand that you're you're just you know you're trying to stick a vacuum cleaner into our wallet. Stop that. Yes, and that that's what people don't like. They're, I mean, they're pumping out like like you say, like ten or eleven games, but they're building these games in, in such a way that one, you, you it's gonna you first they're, they're producing DLC for said game, two, it's a service or it's free to play, so now you got to put more money into the game, you know. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, who I haven't heard anybody talk about like with Star Wars about um, MMO. You know, or any of EA's free-to-play offerings. Like, nobody plays them because they're doing them wrong. Because they, you have to spend money to have fun. Versus, like, a Hawken, where I played that game for free for a while. And then I liked it so much that I just started buying shit on it. Like, oh, no, I want I want my mech to have teeth and be colored red. And this, that, and the other. Like, that's when I started, you know, that's when I started spending money on a Hawken. So, they've definitely gotten more than 60 bucks out of me. You know, but like you know, that's because they did it right. Like the game was fun first, and then I played it later. Even Tribes Ascend, um, they, you know, their their original model was kind of bothersome because everything was so expensive. Uh, and then if you wanted to get the same stuff in game without paying for it, you had to. It took so long to get it, but they even changed it. Actually, they have like a game of the year edition that has like, has like most of their content available. And you get it all in one pack. That's what I'm talking about. Like every free to play game should have that. Let me plunk down a good sum of money and get said pack. You know, it's it, it's almost one of those things. Like it'd be easier if they were just like, okay, like here's the game. We'll 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 sell it at sixty dollars or whatever. And then here's here's like a demo or just like a free you know reduced functionality version that yes you can play. You can do certain things, but. Like ideally the experience, like they have to decide, like is the experience that we want you to spend the money or not? And it seems like ultimately it's like they want the experience to be that we're going to, you know, you're going to spend the money because we want you to spend the money. We want, we want your money, but like ultimately like, no, we still need to make it free to play just so like enough people can get in on it. Like it's, All right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, 
it feels like every decision EA makes, it's it's a money first decision, gameplay, or you know, game, or even the customer comes second. That that's that's the problem with EA. So, but now, so AP, Peter Moore, you have it wrong. It's not that we're uncomfortable with industry growth; we're just uncomfortable with the way you handle it. <laughs> uh, but let's move on to our next topic. Let's talk about Riot Games disabling their official public chat rooms. Uh, so. Uh, the private chat rooms will remain available to the community, but the public chat is going offline for a while. Um, they say, well, here's a quote from at the end of the day, when you log in, you should feel like you're surrounded by active players that like to play League of Legends the way you do. Uh, whether we call them chat rooms, hangouts, communities, they could grow to serve many purposes. Players could build communities for junglers, mentoring groups, a champion theory crafting channel or casual ARAM or team ranked LFGs. Some great communities like these already exist in League of Legends, but it's not easy to manage them well. So it looks like they're trying to build tools for you to, to for these communities to be managed uh, more easily. Uh, but the you know, I guess that's a problem on their on you know in, internally too because they said the official public chat rooms have grown rife with RP sellers, scammers, ELO boosts, spam. The default of four rooms we established can be used by a tiny fraction of our players at a time, given that not really legends players, most conversations spill into private community creative rooms. So it's not like, um, I guess it, most of the players really uh, didn't use the public all that much anyway. Uh, but the whole disabling of the of the public chat rooms and them, you know, not being able to handle the RP sellers, the scammers, the ELO boosts, you know, spam. Uh, it, it brings up an issue. At least I think it brings up an issue that I've talked about for a while. And I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if I've really brought it up on the Mashcast. I don't think I've had a reason to. But it's about why developers should not be managing their communities. They really shouldn't be, because it's a lot. It's a lot to manage these communities. Uh, and I mean, League of Legends wasn't the first to do it, but I think they were one of the first to do it on a really, really big scale. Because I know uh, Activision tried to do it, um, but yeah, Activision tries to do it, or I should say, Infinity Ward tried to do it. Uh, Dice tried to do it, Battlefield, but League of Legends once it got big, it became like they—they're the biggest example that I can really think of so yeah, i remember back when i used to play competitive myself or being really involved with gaming communities like when i used to play unreal tournament and quake and counter-strike all those communities like dice not dice sorry but valve or epic didn't have their hand all you know deep inside of that community uh they were definitely they were involved to a degree you know they were public for they, they, you know they were each each developer provided like a public forum or something like that uh but other than that they weren't trying to control and shutting down this chat room and shutting down this forum and you know stuff like that and what happened is the communities themselves started to police they started to police themselves you know uh you had uh, tons of forums go up or chat rooms in irc that were completely community managed and it was and like even uh, for example, actually, Unreal Tournament didn't even have any anti cheat. 
okay? The anti-cheat for Unreal Tournament was developed by the community, okay, as a mod. And then the community developed a master ban list that you could put this mod onto your server. It updates with the master ban list every time it reloads. And if somebody with the, uh, with the wrong ID or the ID on the master ban list showed up on your server, boom, automatically kicked them out, you know? Not to mention with the community managing themselves, it was a lot more close-knit. So you, when you had players that were a problem, it wasn't just, you know, okay, well, we're going to ban this guy's account, and then that's the end of it. When a player was a problem, everybody knew about it. And everybody started shunning this guy or banning this guy, not playing with this guy or group of people, and it really you know, change things. Like, you know, when somebody was caught cheating, oh my god, like, it was a, especially in Unreal Tournament, because Unreal Tournament community is a bit smaller, but when somebody got caught cheating, like, in Unreal Tournament, everybody knew. He he was a pariah now. Uh, Counter-Strike, obviously, much bigger than Unreal Tournament uh, community was, but still, when somebody got caught cheating, they would usually, at the very least, have to change their name, <laughs> you know, uh, or get a new, uh, get a new Steam account. Something. But that, that's the thing, like communities, when communities manage themselves, it takes a lot of pressure off of the developers. Not to mention the communities are way more, you know, they're way more uh, creative with how to deal with these people. You know, uh, I mean, shit, I mean, if EA or Riot ban somebody without going through the proper channels or doing the, the right thing legally, they can have a lawsuit on their hands, you know? Uh and so, therefore, like, you know, it's even better for the communities to do it themselves. Because, like, you know, let's say if somebody got caught on the master ban list and now they couldn't get into any servers they want to, it's out of Epic's hands. The community, you know, the community, it's, they, they didn't build any of that stuff. That's all third-party stuff to them. So, like, yeah, I've I've just been saying for a while that developers should not be managing their communities. Well, I think that's actually kind of what you're seeing here, though, insofar as what, what Riot's trying to do is give players the tools to manage that i think the, the problem is that the public chat was it wasn't managed that there was no there was no ban list it, it, and it just became you know a hive of scum and villainy villainy effectively um you know with all the the, the rp sellers and the scammers and whatnot um and so it, whatever it seems everybody's doing anyway is sort of fleeing to the private chat rooms that that's really where they're going and i think what it comes down to is is giving players the tools in order to manage the manage the community effectively um, the problem is that like theoretically anybody running, you know, like, like, I mean, there's nothing stopping players from running IRC alongside League of Legends, um, and being able to sort of, you know, have your community built that way. Um, but at this point, I think players expect like, you know, they're like, chat should be integrated into the into the program especially you know for for an online game like league of legends like you know if you don't even have you know if if, if voice even shouldn't be uh be a prerequisite for that but uh, you know but, but aside from looking for that kind of stuff like outside outside the game i mean if you're going to give players the ability to make chat rooms and stuff you know, you need to be able to, you know, they need the ability to, you know, moderate them. They need the ability to ban people. Um, you know, you're entirely right, you know, talking about the Unreal tournament community as far as like when somebody, when somebody cheated or, you know, like, you know, was a dick, like everybody learned who it was and that person became shunned. Um, you know, the same kind of thing used to happen in Warcraft um, where when, you know, before the, you know, back in the old days, like you had to look in chat in order to form your groups for dungeon running and 
you know, everybody on their server knew who to group with and who not to group with. And it, like you said, like, you know, when once people became shunned, they either had to change their name or move to a different server and, and build their reputation from scratch again. Um, but, to, but what, you know, what, what ultimately happened in Warcraft is they, they uh, put in an automatic tool where everybody just randomly gets put into groups and there's no responsibility for the players anymore. And that's one of the things that you always hear the old timers complaining about is like, you know, you get stuck in a random group with somebody who's, a, you know, who's an ass and, you, you know, you can kick them from the group or vote to kick them from the group. But beyond that, like you can run, you know, you can run, a, you know, randomly run a group again and randomly wind up with the same person again. And you lose that management ability. Um, and part of the problem is, you know, and, and part of the problem is just group size. Um, because again, like for Warcraft, like now you're grouping with people not just on your server because it's pulling from, you know, the, the cluster of servers that you're on. Um, so again, there's no there's no personal responsibility there. Like you just go back into the pool and you're randomly assigned with another group and you can move on and they have no clue about your history and you have no clue about theirs. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I think League of Legends has what was it? I want to say 8.5 million players at last count. That that seems high, but they've got a they got a ton of players. Um, so their community is huge, and not to say that it can't be managed by the community, but it's a daunting task for anyone. You know, whether you put it in, in Riot's hands, whether you put it in the community's hands, when you're getting that much attention, um, yeah, it, it can be hard to, to you know keep chat clean. And I I, th I think to the degree with this really, it's not so much that they're managing the community here they're just kind of giving up on public chat within the game um that you know they lost that battle um but what by getting rid of that they're if anything they're forcing the community to step up by saying like no you guys make your private channels you guys moderate them you keep them the size that you want to keep them um and as long as they give players the tools to do that then yeah i don't this, this should be a good thing yeah i think so i mean i, I didn't mean to sound like i was coming off saying they're not doing you know they're doing them a disservice by doing this. Uh, if anything, they 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 this will be a better deal. But it's you know the my original argument you know still kind of remains that you know developers should not be managing their uh, communities in the first place. Not directly. I mean you know especially well. I mean I know League of Legends is a little different because it's a free to play game. Um, it, so therefore it, it is a bit different. Uh, but Still, but, but, but this isn't community management, though. Insofar as, I mean, you can still make websites and interact with, you know, and build the community outside of the game. This is just a tool within the game for communications. This isn't, you know, and I mean, they cite it as an example of community building. But by all means, like they're not stopping anybody from being like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, start a League of Legends group, you know, start on Facebook or something, and let it grow from there. Like this is still. I mean, the community can, you know, this, this is an aspect of community management, but it's not like, oh, well, if I have, if I have to make a public chat or a private chat room, then that's all I can do. It's not like they're blocking any other sort of group building. Right. Uh, I'm just, I still hark for the, harking for the days of dedicated <laughs> servers. That's, that's what I want. You're just getting old. I'm not getting old. You're, you're getting old and grumpy and nostalgic. Well, that's because I know what they need. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for quite some time, Nick. That, 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 yes, that's what old people say. Well, doesn't mean they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Doesn't mean they're wrong. Just saying. Walk, walk into school both uphill both ways. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, 
this we'll see how it goes. We'll see if they they try to you know retake their public channels or they're just going to give it up, uh, give up on it altogether. Uh, let's move on to our last topic, uh, talking about toxic players and why they are necessary. Uh, this is uh, the, the the devs for orcs must die. Say this now: the guys for orcs must die are opening up like an online version of it, where you know because I don't know. Have you played orcs must die, Nick? No, I think I saw you play it once. Yeah, so orcs must die. Uh, you play uh, well. If you play the first one, you play kind of like as a, as a wizard, but you also uh, the second one you get to play as the bad person from the first one, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, but you play as these two apprentices, apprentices in the first in in the uh, in the second one, and you set up all these traps and you know stuff like that. Uh, so and basically, it's a I wouldn't call it a tower. It's not a tower defense game. It's you set up these traps to try to take out all these orcs that are coming to attack you. And uh, you know, there's only what I'm trying to say is you only play the one side, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You're always defending. You're never attacking. Exactly. Now you'll be able to attack and defend. You'll be able to play as orcs as well as play as you know the defenders. Uh, So you know what they're saying. You know, there's an article in Games Industry. Saying that uh, they're saying that toxic players, you know, um, are necessary. They're saying that there's probably something good about toxic players showing up and sticking with your game. The good thing is probably that it's a good game. It's holding their interest. It's keeping them around. It's making them passionate enough to give a damn. They're not going to go away. And honestly, I don't think I, you want them to. You need those people there. They're driving the game. They're giving it longevity. They're giving it passion. And when they find something about your game that they love, they defend it to the death. Those are the same people that can go to bat for you. That's what he's saying. Uh, and of course, there's a lot of people that agree. I mean, to a degree, he is correct, I would say. To a degree, he's correct. Um, I mean, the thing is, not all players that are, you know, that love your game, not all players that love your game are um, toxic. That's the thing. Like you know, just because somebody's toxic doesn't mean. Oh, sorry. I'll reverse that. Just because somebody loves your game enough to defend it doesn't mean they're toxic. You know. You don't have to call somebody a dick just because they don't like orcs must die. That I think like some some points that people were making about that were saying that you know just because players love your game doesn't mean they're going to be toxic. So you, therefore, you do not need the toxic players. Uh, now they're saying that they don't want toxic players, but they don't want to give them. You know, they wouldn't necessarily give them up <laughs> if, if you know, if it came down to it. Uh, but they're just saying that you know, toxic players are good for the game, just like you know, regular players are. The toxic players are the ones that'll stick around. Well, I th- I think the problem is that they're kind of I don't want to say con- yeah they're they're kind of conflating toxic players with passionate players um and you know they're basically saying like you know i I guess what they're saying is that you know for somebody to be toxic to the point that they're i mean it tends to be you know i I think it it just depends what their their definition of a toxic player is but what they're basically saying is like generally if you've got somebody that that's hardcore into the game that they're you know yelling at other people and kind of the type of player who's going to make you know make it a bad environment for like new players or, or, or meek players um usually they're the hardcore player that's super passionate about the game and yeah like they're gonna take that toxicity as it were and you know like they'll defend your game with it and you know anytime they go somewhere and somebody's like oh yeah you know omdu that's okay and they'll be like well screw you man that's a great game like you know 
like that, like to a degree that makes sense but at the same time like you know you don't want to i mean it's 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 an ongoing battle i mean anytime you have a game where you have players who you know are fundamentally making the game uncomfortable for other people um you know that's a battle and it's easy to sit there and say well you know these these guys are valuable because they'll defend the game. But at the same time, you know, like how many, how many people might they be running off if you know, especially for like a free to play game or something where somebody might jump in, check it out. You know, it's always, it's always the noobs who they're going to attack. Cause you know, they're not going to know what they're doing. Like, Hey, this is my first time here. What am I doing? And these guys are just going to yell them down and be like, you know, you don't know what you're doing, you know, get the fuck out of the game. Um, you know, it's, you know, it, it can be a bit of a, a challenge to overcome for some players. And, and they're they're not – I mean, as far as the passionate players, they're not wrong. You do want those. But, I mean, even they've kind of said, like, you know, the, the, the toxicity, like they need to – you know, the, the, what did they want, what did they ultimately say here? Um, well, uh, what did they say here? We encourage uh, – let's see here. Yeah, because they kind of walked – not that they walked the statement back here. They said uh, earlier today a headline suggested that Robot Entertainment welcomes toxic players uh, in uh, Orcs Must Die Unchained. Um, we acknowledge that toxic players are an unfortunate facet of multiplayer gaming. Um, let's see here. We made clear that we want to hear from all players no matter how passionate they may be. Passionate but not toxic. Um, let's see here. We have an active community and management team in place that will address toxic players quickly and decisively. So it's – you know, it's 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 one of those things where, and I think part of that too is sort of the fall, like, like you know, the fall that comes from them saying like, no, no, we want the toxic players. Although, if you actually say that, if you're like, no, we want, you know, give us your terrible people and all your assholes, like, that's actually not a bad idea. Just make a game where they can all go play together. <laughs> Just everybody who's sane can stay away from that. Um, no, but uh, no, it's 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 one of those things where I, I get what they're saying, but ultimately like ultimately ultimately i mean yeah you, they're not wrong you, it, it's you know you can't really get rid of the toxic players um you know like th they'll always be there you can try to you know mitigate their behavior you can try to you know legislate their behavior in such a way i mean th i mean that's again to go back a little bit that's one of the things that hearthstone did is their their way to deal with the toxic players was restrict communication to the great to, to the degree that nobody can be toxic there are no toxic Hearthstone players just because it's not possible. Um, and that is something, you know, that they may not want to do. I mean, you, you know, it's it's a tricky line to walk where you want to encourage, you know, passion. You want to encourage player feedback. You want to, everybody to get engaged. But then you have people who are just going to ruin that experience for whatever reason. And, you know, you don't want those people because it's, I mean, you know, I mean, they're passionate, but they're passionate in the wrong way. And they're not always going to go to bat for you. They're not always going to defend you. Sometimes they're just assholes and they'll bite the hand that feeds them and they'll bite, they'll bite all the hands. And so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's I can see what they were, were, were fighting against, but I mean, ultimately their point is like, you want passionate fans, toxic players tend to be passionate, but not always. And you ultimately, you do want to you don't want to discourage the tox toxic behavior as much as you can. If your game isn't welcoming, then that that's going to, you know, if your community isn't welcoming, then that's going to make it hard for that community to grow. It's, it sets a barrier to entry that, you know, it, while it's restrict, you know, it, it sets a barrier to entry that, that might be restrictive. And 
I think that's – if anything, this goes back to your last point about you know, you know, who should manage the community um, because, yeah, if, if the community decides themselves like, no, we want to be exclusive. We only want the best of the best. We don't want you – know, we want it to be difficult to join. You're going to have to endure you know, a lot of you know, you know, negative treatment while you, you, know, you learn until you're accepted. Um, I mean that's entirely plausible, um, but you wind up with a, with a very tight – community that, that's that's walled off whereas i think from a developer perspective you want everybody to play your game you don't want to restrict who's going to buy your you know buy your services and so there you kind of want to encourage something that welcomes everybody and and i can see how that might put them at a crossroads yeah i mean i i, <laughs> I don't know i, I don't i I've, I've been i've been doing this for a long time and i've dealt with plenty of toxic players and I've always found that the tools that I'm given are more than enough. If I actually wanted to, you know, ignore somebody, I could pretty easily. Uh, pretty, almost in every Steam game, you can mute somebody's mic. You can ignore them on Steam. In StarCraft, you can ignore people. In StarCraft, shit, you can set it up so that only your friends can message you. Steam, same thing. Uh, so, I mean, like, dealing with toxic players, like, you know, you mute somebody in the game that should mute everything because even in StarCraft, you mute if you put somebody in your block list when they try to type. If even if you get into a game with this person and they try to type to you, it does not show up. So, you know, that's how you deal with educate players on how on the options they have to block toxic players. I think you're entirely right, but I think the problem though is for the new player, like when they first come into a game. Like they shouldn't have to like go through a tutorial on, and this is how you block assholes. <laughs> like well, that's, I mean, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, tutorial, that's but still, yeah, they but should know how. Yeah. And that's something, I mean, that's, it's unfortunately the thing, like you can't, you don't know somebody's a toxic player until they act, they act toxically. Right. Like, you know, somebody's got to say that they're, you know, like somebody's got to say something stupid and then you're like, Oh, okay. That's guy. That guy's an asshole. I should ignore him. And so, yeah, I mean, as far as like preemptively doing anything about that, like you know, outside of some sort of system, like like I think what League of Legends has the, uh, what is it like after three three infractions or whatever, you go to tribunal or something. I think they got rid of that actually. Oh, they got rid of that. That's what I hear. Oh, uh, after three infractions, you're stuck in public chat. <laughs> but no, it's it's. I mean, that's something you know that I think that's something that every game kind of has to deal with, but. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where it's like, unfortunately, I think they give a soundbite that made a very catchy headline, like, yeah, we want toxic players, and even they kind of had to walk that back a little bit, because it's not quite what they were saying. Right, so, I don't know, like I said, I've, maybe it's just me, but I've never had a problem. Well, I uh, think... I, I think the thing is, well, you're you're an old school gamer, but I think also you're 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 a bit thick skinned. Like you can take some of that. I don't even take it. You just you know what to ignore. And I'm not even talking about like you know what to ignore as far as like hitting the ignore button. But like if somebody says some shit, it's just words. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and that's fundamentally the degree here. I mean, too, like you know, it, it, I, I get it. Like you know, somebody says some shit and it like will upset you. But at the end of the day, it's just words on a computer screen. Like, you know, they're not physically abusing you. And I mean, you know, some, some people can handle that better than others. And so, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, you know, okay, you know, you go to a game again, like as a new player, you go into a game and if everybody there is like, you don't know what you're doing, get the hell out of here. Like at some point, you know, 
you're going to have to decide, like, you know, I'm going to ignore them or I really want to play this game. Screw them. I'm going to stick around and learn this. And, I, you know, I, I think that's ultimately kind of what, you know, even I think to, for every developer, as much as they want to manage the community, if you've got a, a situation where that's happening, then you've got to decide, like, you know, do I want to let this go or not? Like, because at that point, the community has clearly decided this is OK as far as what we're managing for themselves. Right, and the, the thing is, like, I mean, I guess some people are considered toxic. I won't put it like this. Toxicity is, uh, I guess that's, um, that's based on the person that's coming against, I guess. Because the deal is, like, and this is another reason why developers should not manage their, their communities, is because a noob can very, very easily fuck up your game experience. Okay. Yes. I, and when I play StarCraft, I really do not want to play with a noob. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really don't because they will fuck up your whole game and it makes it not fun for you to play. I don't want to sit there and have to teach somebody how to play the game. And that was, you know, with dedicated servers kind of, you know, going away, that's one of the things that you lose as a community, segregating your community. Because with Unreal Tournament, and even Counter-Strike, but more so with Unreal Tournament, there was a set of servers that if you went to these servers, you knew only people who go there are people who know how to play well. And you knew what to play, you know, do when you, you know, or you knew how to play when you got there. You knew what to expect, I should say. But, you know, when someone like a newbie got, like, you know, no servers didn't have that many slots, too. So if a noob got into, like, you know, one of the ten slots on the, on, on the best team deathmatch server... Everybody was pissed, and everybody was saying something to him like, "Yo, get the <laughs> fuck out of here!" Like, yeah. <laughs> like that. That's how it was. It wasn't because you know, you could be nice, and sometimes being nice works. Like, hey, man, you're in the wrong place. But some people are like, "Oh, well, I'm getting my ass kicked, so I'm gonna learn." Yeah, and everybody's like, "Dude, get the fuck out! You're ruining everybody's time." You know, this guy, he's eating you up, and you just boosted his score. You're not helping anybody here. <laughs> you know. So, but that, that's the thing, like, with uh, with communities managing themselves, that could be taken care of, you know what I'm saying? The public servers are for noobs, you know, whereas, you know, the, the you know, people have private servers. If you were good enough, you got invited there, but that's gone. Like, you know, that's the thing, that's, that's gone. So. Well, there, there are no private, I, I don't know, can you make a private game in League of Legends? I haven't gotten uh, far enough to. You might be able to, but it doesn't count for anything. Well, and that's yeah. So, see, I, I think that might be a problem to a degree with with their implementation. Because again, I mean, as far as like building the community, you know, even then, like you know, talking about League of Legends again, like yeah, you can make you know, like build a website, build the forums, you know, have your own IRC chat channel, all of that external to the game. But fundamentally, like you still, I mean, you know, to, to compare it to to Unreal Tournament, like you need the avail the ability to like say like okay, like this is our our space here, this is our game. We only want a certain type of player in here, and, and to be able to sort of exclude it in that degree, and that doesn't happen in League of Legends. So it's 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 really easy if if only public games count, then yeah, like there's no there's nowhere. There needs to be like a noob league. Like, okay, I'm just going to go here. This is all noobs or people at least who understand I'm going to be playing with noobs. Like play there, get a certain rank and then move into like the, you know, you know, become a big fish in a small pool and then you can move into the, the big lake with the big fish. Like that, that seems to be something that maybe should be done then. Right. 
Well, the thing is, like, um, you know, people say, well, you know, with League of Legends, you have, like, the, the various bronze leagues, the various silver leagues, yeah. et cetera. Uh, but the thing about them is that uh, you can ride somebody's coattails up to the top. Like, I had a buddy of mine who I was playing StarCraft with, and we were playing teams, and he made it all the way to Platinum League. So what happens when I don't play with him? He's getting <laughs> demolished. Okay, he's, he's getting destroyed in Platinum League. The people he's playing with are getting extremely <laughs> pissed off. He was like, how the fuck did you get here? You know? That happens. And so you can get you can get pulled to a higher league, and that's part of the problem. That's why the ranking systems don't always work. <laughs> I'm just no, saying, Nick. I, like, no, it's... No, I, I, don't disagree, I don't disagree. I'm just. It's. I think it's one of those things where there may not be a perfect solution. Like you're always going to have some situation that's going to not necessarily exploit it. Like I don't think like he because it can't be fun for him to be like unless unless your friend is a complete dick where he's like no 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 I just want to ride up here and then just fuck everybody's shit up. <laughs> you do like, have those players too that yeah, that but, will do. Shit well, like I mean that. yeah, and, and but the problem there is like in that case like they're act they have to actively be working with the other guy to be like no no just get me into platinum and then I'll have fun. Like no, and even that's a lot of work even there just to be sitting through all those matches to just rank up. Like I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's not it's not that it doesn't happen. It just seems, I don't know, it, it just seems like that is, is something wrong. that maybe can be managed. He was playing the game. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not saying he's a dick, but I'm just saying like somebody could very easily be like, yeah, you know, I want to go. You know, I I suck at the game. If I can get my rank up to platinum, I can just hang out with a bunch of people and just just sandbag them terribly. And... Well, so, well, some people have the. They have the the mentality that if I can play with good people, I'll get good, and that's just not the way it works. Like you know, playing with getting stomped by somebody does not make you better. <laughs> it doesn't, and some people actually do have that mentality that you know the worse the beating, the better you'll be when you come out of it. And that's just not the case. Well, it depends. I, I mean, I, th- I think you. It depends if you can actually learn from your getting stomped or not. If you, I mean, part of it too is you probably want to go back. And not like watch how did he beat you? Like if you're not if you're getting stomped, you can still learn from that, but you have to go back and study it. Like you can't just be stomped because you suck and then just be like, okay, I'll just try again. Like you need to you need to actually attempt to comprehend. That's the problem. A lot of people do that are unable to comprehend. (laughs) They're unable. They're just not going to take the time to do that. They don't care enough to do that. They just think like, oh, if I just keep playing, I'll get better. It's really I I think that's sort of a a problem with video games where there's you know it goes back to the old you know like too many games sort of reward you for just putting time in as opposed to actually learning how to play like you kind of look at rpgs i think that's one of the one of the negative things that they've done is it's too easy for a game to like just give you arbitrary experience as you level up and make you more powerful but you don't actually like you learn how to play the game in the first hour or so and then maybe you get a few more spells or abilities or whatever as you go on and then the game fundamentally isn't any tougher at any point like you're not better like you just repeated the same tasks over and over again for like you know 10 to 20 hours until you beat it and you you take that mentality and you apply it to an actual game you know an actual multiplayer game that requires skill and it's easy to sit there and say like no i played this for 10 hours i should be an expert and you haven't actually learned anything i think there's there's very much there's there's very much a divide between the players that want one kind of experience versus the other and i think you know a, a game like league of legends 
it doesn't have a single player mode like fundamentally like everybody that comes in thinking like if i just play this and i'll learn like i think they get weeded out pretty quickly um you know i have to keep coming back to it but i think a game like warcraft i think that's where you see that that's why you have like stuff like pve servers versus pvp servers because it's you know like the pve servers they're more about the rpg than they are about the mmo you know it's you know i mean everybody teams up for the raids and stuff but questing is a solo player experience like that's you know you're not getting better you know from doing the quests you know your character is getting more skills but if you actually want to learn how to play your class i mean that's why that you know like you look at the top tier you know even you know and at that point you look at the top tier players for anything and it's a small percentage because most of the people are fine just you know with whatever limited skill set they have and just getting through the bulk of the content that way right yeah i guess like to get back on topic to what i was originally gonna try to say yes, some sir, people but- are topic for, uh, they're toxic for a reason <laughs> okay. I'm toxic to the topics tonight. When, when, when you're on your, your like fourth or fifth game in a row, and some <laughs> noob is just fucking is like, just fucking it up. Like you're doing everything perfectly, and you're getting fucked up because somebody forgot to close the door on the ramp. You know, and this is like the fourth or fifth time this shit has happened tonight. What, what game was this? Word, words are gonna be said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, not all toxic players are bad guys. Not all toxic players need to be, you know, globally banned well, just because I, they, they said a few things. Well, no, and I think that's why you need to kind of look at situations on a case-by-case basis. I mean, it, you you know, if somebody's getting in there just to troll and they're just jumping in and just being an ass and they're not, I mean, you know, they're in, you know, because I mean, toxic players isn't just like a hardcore player sort of, you know, like, you know, talking shit because somebody doesn't know how to play the game. A toxic player is also somebody that comes in and intentionally, you know, like team kills and, you know, just completely, you know, fucks around and doesn't even do what they're supposed to do. Like, that's also a toxic player. And they're going to get their team pissed off at them, not because they don't know. They may very well know how to play the game. They're just, they don't, they're there for a completely different reason than actually winning the match. And that's, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that that's another way that, that people can mess experiences up. So, I mean, you're kind of, you kind of have to watch out for all that, but, but even then, generally, if you get to the point where somebody's getting into be a troll of that level, like they generally have an appreciation for the game and they're like, oh no, I like this game because I want to fuck around in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, give them a chance. That's all, Nick. Give them a chance. Well, I, I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying I think every every instance of, of toxicity needs to be looked at. Is is it a, is it a one time incident? Is there a reason for it, or is the guy just an asshole and he's got a history of being an asshole? I got you. I will say most of the time when I come across toxic players, I don't just ignore them. I engage. I engage hard. <laughs> it is awesome. I wish I, I I wish I was recording all my games all the time. You're, you're the toxic avenger. <laughs> Sometimes it's fun, man. I've had I've had. Uh... I've had situations where me and a player will go at it, and then by the time we're done, we're, like, fucking laughing about it because it got so ridiculous and funny. Like, some shit he said about me was so funny, I couldn't help but laugh, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. That's what I don't necessarily mind it all that much because I know how to deal with it. And if it comes down to it, if it comes down to it, I just really don't feel like dealing with it anymore. I'm just like, you know what? Ignore. You know, that's, because, that's because you came from an old school environment where the community managed itself and you learned how to handle shit properly. That is right. The old way was the better way. So all everybody should have to learn how to play Unreal Tournament before they play League of Legends. They couldn't handle it. <laughs> they couldn't handle it. I, I, was, I would say the worst community I've probably ever dealt with was the Counter-Strike community. 
probably because it was so big. And you had a lot of players who were very helpful. But most of the players, like, just the attitude you had playing that game was like, dude, you're, you're fucking nothing compared to me. <laughs> That's the general attitude of the game that every player has <laughs> when you play competitively. You are nothing prepared to die. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved that game. Oh, back before they fucked it up with Go and the P90 was godlike. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> I love how you always come back to the P90. Oh, dude, the fucking P90 is ridiculous in CSGO. It is absolutely ridiculous. I don't think I've ever heard you mention CSGO without complaining about the P90. Because it is the only thing wrong with CSGO. As soon as, as, soon as it comes up, you're like, boom, P90. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I think that's gonna that that is it for tonight. I'm looking through the list, dude. And there's nothing interesting coming out. It's Power Mario Power Tennis for the Wii U, or the Tennis Power Tour for the Wii U is coming out July 3rd. Actually, sorry, so it's already out. Um, yeah, dude, I don't see anything. Tour de France coming out on the eighth. Big whoop, yeah. We are in the drought, folks. Uh, I don't know. If, I've, I've been playing The Wolf Among Us and uh, The Walking Dead recently, so if you have access to those and haven't played it yet, I would definitely do it. Yeah, but yeah, I got nothing, Nick. Anything anything you want to bring up? Yeah, uh, nothing. Yeah, it's pretty dry. Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, you were saying it's pretty dry, and I'm I'm looking on uh, on Giant Bomb, and they have what three games coming out in the next week? Yeah, yeah. I think you you mentioned two of them. Like, yeah, it's not. It's it's yeah. It's, it's a good time to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, if that's the case, we're gonna end it here. Uh, thank you for listening. You can catch us on uh, SoundCloud.com/slash Mash Those Buttons. You can catch us on iTunes for your iOS devices. You can catch us on Stitcher Smart Radio for your Android and iOS devices if you want to stream or download now. Uh, we are on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash MTB site. It's facebook.com slash smash those buttons and uh, youtube.com slash smash those buttons. So uh, as always, thank you for listening. We will catch you guys later. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.